0: Hey fans, Lehigh Athletics is excited to return to competition on January 2nd, but these seasons are going to be unique. Men's and women's basketball will take the court in Stabler Arena and wrestling returns to the mat in historic Lehman Turner Arena at Grace Hall. However, it will not be the same without the cheers of our loyal Lehigh fans coming from the stands. As we prepare for seasons unlike any other, you, the Mountain Hawk fans, will still have the opportunity to make your mark on Stabler Arena and Grace Hall and support the Lehigh Athletics Program by purchasing a fan cutout presented by PSECU. That's right. Be sure to get your fan cutout today by visiting shop.fancutouts.com and search Lehigh. You can even have your cutouts signed by our head coaches, Brett Reed, Sue Troyan, and Pat Santoro. Remember that shop.fancutouts.com and search Lehigh.
1: From Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Lehigh athletics presents mountain Hawk talk, the podcast for the Lehigh mountain Hawks presented by Lehigh Valley health network and coordinated health. Here's your host, Josh Wittick
0: Hey, what's going on, Lehigh fans? Welcome into episode 10 of the Mountain Hawk Talk podcast, the official podcast of Lehigh Athletics. On this episode, I am joined by Lehigh Men's Basketball Head Coach Brett Reed and Junior Center Nick Lynch as we preview the 2020-21 Lehigh Men's Basketball season set to kick off versus rival Lafayette on January 2nd at Stabler Arena. We take you in-depth on the team and everything you need to know about the Mountain Hawks ahead of this atypical college hoop season. Without further ado, here's my interview with Brett Reed and Nick Lynch. And I'm now joined by Lehigh men's basketball head coach Dr. Brett Reed and uh, junior forward Nick Lynch. Uh, guys, welcome to Mountain Hawk Talk. We're excited to have you on to talk about men's basketball, a season that we're we're finally gonna have uh, starting January 2nd. Um, you know, first of all, how, how are you guys doing? And um, you know, it's 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 nice to to talk to you guys again.
2: Josh, are you kidding me? We we have a chance to talk basketball it looked yeah. like for a long time. That might not be the case, but the fact that we can, we're joined by Nick who's, you know, entering into what is a really promising year and we get to do something that we love. Can't say much more than that. I mean, that's a great way to kick it off. Uh, there's a whole lot of people that wish they could be involved in some of the things that they really, really love during this challenging mm-hmm. time. And for us, uh, our university has paved the way, made smart decisions and try to be as healthy as possible so that way we can have this opportunity. Wouldn't you agree, Nick?
1: Yeah. um, I mean, the main thing for me is just it's good to be back. Um, You know, we're finally starting to play more 5-on-5 every day. Um, You know, today we had our first inter-squad scrimmage. Um, You know, so that was our really first, you know, nonstop 5-on-5 action. Um, You know, it's been long enough, more than long enough for all of us. So um, it's just awesome to be back. I mean, there's nothing better than just being able to focus on basketball now, especially – with most guys being done with exams, it's really all we can focus on right now. For sure.
0: And, and, and you know, like other leagues and other professional sports, it's going to be a sprint, um, a sprint to the finish with only 16 games being played. And, you know, the COVID pandemic has changed a lot of things and affected tons of teams and people. You know, Coach, how has it impacted you guys on the court and at practices?
2: Well, it's, it's had a major impact. You know, we're talking about guys who love the craft, and spend time, and are in the gym, whether it was at the end of our season or throughout the summer or even at times this fall, they weren't able to get a ball in their hands. They weren't able to do something that they love. And to some degree, that's hurt them from a cardiovascular standpoint, being in shape and being ready. Uh, Nick kind of alluded to the fact that we're, we're trying to get up and down a little bit more. You can see that timing is off a little bit just because guys haven't had the experience with a ball in their hand. Mm-hmm. But you know, the cool thing that's come out of it is I, I had a really unique and special experience, and that's being in the gym when we first kind of opened up, I could see guys eyes light up and just the joy that they have from being around the basket or being around the game of basketball. So, you know, it has affected us. I think, you know, it, it will be a sprint. We don't have the, the same luxury of really having a lot of time to work our way into who we are as a team, as we progress through the non-conference season, because first games are going to be right upon us and they're all league games. So, Finding our way without outside influence, working a little bit from a deficit uh, just because of conditioning or skills or whatever it might be, and then trying to incorporate some new guys along with some existing and returning guys. You know, it's a lot to juggle, a lot to balance at this time of the year.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's going to be a crazy year of college basketball. It already is. You watch it on TV. You watch other uh, other conferences that are starting already. Some some teams have barely even played a game yet because of the pandemic and having issues um on the court with, with COVID issues. And, you know, it's going to be a crazy season. Things can and will change on the drop of a dime. You know, how important is it for your staff and team to be prepared for anything that might change or probably will change down the line?
2: Yeah, I, I mean – One thing that has become a constant theme is be flexible. You know, nobody expected that at the end of this, towards the end of the season, people were going to be home and not on campus. And nobody expected certain things as we've gone throughout this course in time to get us to this point in December where we're looking forward to games. And the biggest thing is is just trying to maintain that flexibility. You know, as a coaching staff, we take tremendous pride in being very well prepared. And Mm -hmm. we take pride in being perhaps the most well-prepared coaching staff in the league. I mean, everyone feels really good about their craft, but I think we have some excellent, excellent coaches that are amongst me as assistant coaches, and they take a lot of pride in getting our guys ready and knowing what our game plan is and and putting it through. But, um, you know, we're going to be going into a situation where we've seen this, and, and maybe hopefully it doesn't affect us, but you've had teams that were scheduled to play one team and then turn around and play a different team almost on a drop of a dime or thought they were going to play in a day or two and then end up playing four days later or vice versa. They, they didn't think they were going to play for six games and then somebody had a pause and they end up throwing a game in. You know, This is going to be a, a year where I think you go back to the basics of just loving the game, trying to be prepared, take whatever's in front of you, do the best job you can with it. And to me that kind of all buttons up into a, a p- pretty key word called flexibility.
0: You know coach it seems like last year was was years ago uh, the way that the calendar has worked out but um, you you guys had a strong finish to last season going six and three in your final nine games you know what what worked well down the stretch and you know how important was that uh, finish towards building confidence for this upcoming season?
2: Well I think it was really important I think it helped us a great deal but you know it comes back to a just a, an axiom that's been true in college basketball for a long time. you got to be healthy. And for segments of our season last year, we didn't have all of our players available to us. When we finally started to round into form a little bit more and have more of our players available to us, you could see what we could do. You know, and the teams are generally very, very competitive. And the difference between somebody who wins and somebody loses is not that great in many cases. It can be a couple possessions. It can be a couple plays. We try to teach our guys that. But, you know, when you're trying to do that and you're doing it, perhaps missing a couple uh, weapons in your, in your arsenal, like that makes it tough. So yep. I do like the fact that our guys remained flexible last year because our starting lineups and our overall play changed at various points throughout the course of the year. We tried different things. We played different ways depending on who was available to us, but I said from the start of last year's season that our guys had really a, a pretty strong growth mindset, and because of that, they would take whatever challenges or opportunities were in front of them, um, maintain that flexibility, and then really tried to capitalize on it, so you know, I feel good about going into this year that there were a lot of valuable lessons learned, saw a lot of growth from our student-athletes, Um, Nick continued to grow throughout the course of the year which was really promising and uh, showed like great promise and potential for him even personally
0: yeah uh, Nick you personally finished the season strong and um, you rode that same kind of momentum that the team did you know knowing everything that you learned last year um, have you been able to push harder in your off-season workouts knowing what you've what you've learned and what you've worked on before
1: yeah, for sure. Um, I've had a lot more confidence just kind of with everything I do on the court. Um, just seeing those, you know, results, those strong results um, on the court in the finish of last year. And then also just having two years under my belt. I feel like the game's finally slowing down for me. Um, you know, I also shot a high percentage last year. Uh, I think it was like 58 percent something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so, you know, translating to this year, I know if I miss, you know, if I miss, three or four shots in a row, they're going to start falling. I just got to keep with it. Um, That comes with a mindset, too. Um, I think I've bettered my mental approach a little bit better this year, trying to stay a little bit more neutral um, and just keep that confidence up. And um, I feel like that's going to pay off for me down the road. It's interesting because you mentioned that.
2: And uh, here you got a guy like Nick who's ready to blossom. But it's an interesting story because I talked to Nick a lot over the summer when he wasn't on campus. And he's going over a neighbor's driveway because his driveway is too sloped and they ended up having a little bit of space for him to work on his moves. When you start thinking about what we're dealing with right now, and Nick's a great example, he's shown a great deal of personal initiative to grow his game. You know, as coaches we try to provide the guidance and direction and opportunities, but really it, it, it boils down to the players and what they want to invest into it. Mm-hmm. And even despite challenging situations and lack of access to facilities. Here you got somebody that we're talking to that just ended up finding a way, figuring out what's in the neighborhood, what can I do, how can I get better, and and applying it. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's been fun being able to watch him because, you know, you, you can often tell when guys weren't able to do anything or didn't do anything in past years. But this is a guy who ended up spending time and working on his craft, and, you know, we're gonna end up seeing the benefit because of it.
0: Is that something, Coach, that you kind of, when you recruit the players, you, you kind of see that, like that, you see that they're, that these guys are willing to work on their craft outside of being on campus, you know, especially in this time where, where, you know, the resources are limited and, and time is, is, is well over the summer time was, uh, there was an abundance of time um, to, to, to work on these things. Is that something that you kind of look at when you're, when you're recruiting these players that guys that can, that are g- going to put in that time, that extra time to, to put in the work?
2: Yeah, I think it's a big part of it. You know, it's part of what we look at and that's that character piece. Yeah. You can be talented, you know, but if you don't combine that with character and scholarship for Lehigh and our academic profile, um, you know, that's not going to lead to success. So, you know, one of the foundational pieces that we do look for in the recruiting process is guys who, who actually, you know, do have the right type of makeup, the right type of character and, if you want to be a successful college basketball player, but if you want to be successful in anything in your life, you're not waiting around for somebody to to show you a door or create an opportunity for you. It's really about um, being prepared for when that opportunity comes and being able to you know kind of bust open that door. And when somebody can take personal initiative, they take pride in their own performance, that goes a long way to being able to kind of like help them develop and and ultimately give us the type of players that, can help us wear Lehigh with pride, give us the best opportunity to be successful on the floor. Because, you know, even if it's a normal year, there's only so much that a coach can do for a player. But the players who really are great, they find the opportunity to stretch themselves personally.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you have six freshmen headlining the roster this year. Um, You know, it's a huge freshman class, probably one of your largest ever. Um, you know, what have you liked so far from the class? Um, and you know, how will the experienced players ease the uh, transition for the first years?
2: You know, it was really cool. And there's certain things that throughout the course of the season, I really take pride in two days ago, we were doing a drill where we had to talk about some of our defensive coverages. And in reality, it's, it's not that complicated and, but as a coach, you can't skip over it. Because if you do, it's gonna be the recipe for disaster because somebody's gonna run that action, you're not gonna cover it well. It was really cool to see our upperclassmen kind of like after we got the foundation of the drill in, stepping in and almost personally teaching some of the younger guys what needs to be done because they recognize, you know, maybe the experience is a little bit lacking, They respect and understand the character and, and some of the talent and hopefully productivity that these young guys will bring but they also brought it upon themselves to, to kind of step in and help them and, and help them be better players and help us continue to grow together. We actually had one of our freshmen who was early on in this entire process, and it was over a Zoom we were meeting personally, and he's like, man, I love Lehigh's culture because I've got all these guys who have been here before that are really just trying to help me and teach me and show me the way. And um, I think that's a great – safe harbor for a freshman to come into because they know they have the opportunity to grow i also think it does speak a little bit to some of the freshmen that we have as well as our upperclassmen and returning players who are willing to invest and lead that they're open that they're willing to listen that they don't think they know it all and ultimately you know what if you've got this experience if you've been down this road a little bit already why don't you show me the way and and i'm, I'm happy to pick up what you're putting down
0: yeah for sure um and you know, speaking about that freshman class and the, the kind of people that are on it, you know, one of the big stories of the year is the diversity of the team and surrounding it. You know, this is the first um, Division One roster to feature three Asians on a team, which is a huge deal. You know, Ben Lee, JT Tan, and Jason Saigal. You know, how did this come about in the recruiting process and how impactful is it to have this kind of national distinction?
2: Well, number one our assistant coaches do a great job of trying to identify players that could be a good fit for Lehigh. You know, are they really good students? Are they talented basketball players and they can, can they contribute and help make us better? Um, and It ended up progressing, you know, you, you recruit and you try to identify a pool of potential candidates. And then from there, you start to see, well, how would the class form? And you want complementary skills and talents. If you you know, don't have any diversity in what you recruit. You're going to have everybody who's the same size and the same position with the same skill set. So the game of basketball is a beautiful thing because if everybody were alike, you're probably not that good. And you actually celebrate the diversity that takes place on the floor, that different people can play different roles and have different responsibilities. I mean, Nick doesn't look like some of the other guys on our team because he's mammoth. Even this guy is huge and he takes up space on the inside and he rebounds the ball. But then we have other guys who are small and quick and take the ball to different spots on the floor so that whole premise is just about trying to find the pieces that make our whole better and in this particular case you know it happened to work out that we have people who are from different um heritage and descendancies uh but nonetheless decided to come together because they believe in what Lehi is they believe in what Lehi is about uh to believe in the guys that are existing as here that they understand, like, these guys will be great teammates. And mm-hmm. this is a thing that I kind of want to be a part of. So uh, I can't say that it was an intentional process, that yeah. now we're going to yeah. try to target, you know, people from wherever it might be. But I think it, it, it does coincide with the idea that, you know, a lot of different people bring a lot of strengths and a lot of different talents yeah. to our team, irrespective of wherever they might be from. Uh, geographically because we've got guys from different states um, whether it's city or, or or rural or you know whatever it might be it's just a great place to come and play basketball because when we are within 94 feet the goal's 10 foot tall doesn't really matter and I love the game of basketball for the way in which you can bring people together
0: absolutely um it's really cool it's going to be really fun to watch all those guys coexist your entire team coexist uh coming into the next year with new faces two of those uh first year talents uh, JT Tan and Dominic Perlin, are big men and Nick with you being the experienced player the experienced forward you know how have you been able to help them adapt to the college game and you know have you given them any advice as they um kind of you know, try to try to work things out and, and figure out their place
1: on this team uh, moving forward. Yeah, so it's actually been kind of cool, you know, having two years of experience for me now, um, kind of seeing where they're at and kind of, you know, remembering back to when, you know, I was a freshman and things I would have done differently. And um, quite honestly, both of them have had a pretty decent level of knowledge coming in. So, you know, I haven't really had to give them as much advice as I maybe would have thought but you know the main message is kind of just been to remain patient and let opportunities come to them I think that's huge for any freshman but especially our bigs Um, Mm -hmm. just not trying to duck in and post up all the time just you know staying low staying in the play and um, staying active on the boards you can get a lot of points through that and then um, just letting opportunities come to you I think that's what it's all about for any freshman but um, especially our bigs this year.
0: Yeah, what's impressed you uh, so far with what you've seen out of those guys? Um, you know, what, what what's impressed you about their games and, um, you know, what can they bring to this team um, this season?
1: Yeah, so for Dom, I think his motor has been really impressive so far. I uh, know the coaches have recognized it too, but he's been super active, especially in the offensive glass. Um, you know, whenever you're on his team, you always get a couple extra buckets because he's on the glass and he gets easy putbacks that you know maybe someone else wouldn't get and then JT has a pretty high feel for the game for a freshman coming in um, I think you saw it partly today in the scrimmage but um, he has a pretty good feel um, early on he kind of struggled because he was going a little bit too fast but the last week or so he's really slowed down and you can really uh, he's really put that on display which is cool
0: yeah, Nick, talk a little bit about your game. Obviously, um, last season at the, at the tail end of the year, you played very well, complimenting James Karnick in the final stretch of the season. You know, this year um, with James transferred to, to Boston College, you become the feature guy, the feature center on this team. You know, how does that feel for you? Um, obviously, you've worked so hard over the last two years. Now this is your third year. Do you feel you're ready to take that next step
1: in your career? For sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's obviously a pretty cool feeling. Um, and you know, obviously it hurts losing James, you know, a guy who was you know second or third team all league last year, but you know, with the work I've put in this off season, um, you know, comes a lot of confidence as well. Um, you know, I've had, you know, we, we learned of, you know, him transferring in March. So I've had a lot of time to kind of grasp with that and kind of prepare for it, which helps too. Um, you know, it's something I'm ready for, you know, um, confidence comes from, you know, the work you put in. Um, so I feel good in that regard, but I also trust Dom and JT to do their part as well as freshmen, you know, obviously it starts with me, but if they don't hold that, hold up their end either, we're not going to be as effective. So
0: exactly why basketball is a team sport. I got to work together and, um, you know, you're all going for that same common goal, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, everybody needs to work together to, to be successful. And, you know, coach, you know, you, you lose one of your seniors from last year, you lose Jordan Cohen. Um, you know, big, big loss for the team, especially with him being one of the best closers in recent years. And he's been overall tremendous, uh, both on the court and off the court, you know, as a team, what are some challenges you face in replacing a guy like him?
2: No, it's always a challenge every year. And, you know, I've seen enough seniors kind of leave our program and, and then venture on to the next phase in their career or their lives. And, you know, I always wonder, like, how am I going to replace this guy because of what they've done and how much we've relied upon them. Jordan had a, a great career, and he was a you know a model Lehigh student athlete because he excelled in the classroom. He gave it his all on the court, and now you're in a position where you know that door is open. But by that one door opening, you know, it gives an opportunity for somebody to step into that, and you know, every year that I've had somebody graduate and some of them have been excellent players, it seems like, you know, it's not always replaced identically. Mm -hmm. It's replaced, maybe somebody provides something a little bit different. And then other people kind of share some of the load and the strain and the responsibility. And they score a little bit more. You have some people that step up and become a little bit more of a focal and a feature in our offense. And then, you know, it does also give an opportunity for some people that might play a guard spot to really spread their wings now and mm-hmm. and have more freedom, have more responsibility, have more opportunities. And all those things, you know, kind of get sw- swallowed up where kind of to your point with what you said about basketball being a team game, that's what it is. And, yeah. you know, it, it was nice over the course of the years. We traditionally have had very good guards at Lehigh. But, um, you know, we're also in a position where I think we have guys who can be good decision makers, and I think across the, our multiple positions, we got a lot of versatility. So it might end up looking a little bit different than some of the guards that we've had before, but nonetheless, we're still going to play a brand of basketball that's focused around teamwork and good decision making. And I think we've got a guy, a lot of guys that are already starting to display some of those characteristics.
0: Yeah, you do return a lot of talent from last season. Ro- last season's roster, like Jameral and Marcus Wilson, Reed Fenton. Uh, Evan Taylor and, and Nick, you know, talk about the leadership skills of that group and, you know, the the the, the tangible things that they bring to the team, um, you know, heading into next season.
2: You know, it's really interesting if you look at that group of guys in each of their cases, they seem like they've taken some pretty big steps in the time that they have been given up until this point in their career. At every stage, it seems like somebody has has evolved or grown, and we've seen that with Marcus over the years. Jamero Wilson really started to kind of like explode towards the end of the year. We saw it with Nick where he became a prominent feature of what we were trying to do both offensively and defensively, and as those opportunities grew, they kind of stepped into it. Same can be said for some of our uh, promising sophomores this year who were freshmen last year. Reed Fenton was somebody who was consistently in the lineup for us, played a lot of minutes, and he did that because he was somebody that was really trustworthy. He generally was in the right spot. He took care of the ball, made open shots, made the right plays. And then he had some moments where he really kind of excelled and thrived. Mm -hmm. Evan Taylor was a guy who was figuring things out with us. And then as he continued to kind of hit his stride, he ended up providing some excellent, excellent minutes for us. You know, all those guys across the board who returned when they were healthy, you started to see like, yeah, these guys can play like they're really good and now with an extra year more responsibility that idea that you mentioned before about leadership and and taking more accountability to what's going on versus deferring to somebody who might be an upperclassman I think they all realize that the returning players that they have a significant stake in this team and they're they've shown a great deal of um, desire to kind of like put their thumbprint right on it steer it guide it we still have group uh, growth that we need to make in that particular area do not get me wrong but I think you know we've got a lot of guys whether it's leading out front or leading from the middle or even our freshmen who are just trying to do the right thing and uphold the standard we're starting to see that leadership kind of form around particularly some of those rock solid kids that are trying to do the right things on day in day out every possession without a lot of like distraction or or failure on that part.
0: Before we move on with our next segment on the show, let me just remind you that Mountain Hawk Talk is presented by Lehigh Valley Health Network and Coordinated Health, your unrivaled partners for sports medicine and injury care. You can follow the show on Twitter at LehighMHTalk, and you can subscribe and download each episode from lehighsportscom podcasts or from your favorite platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You know how how important is it to, for those sophomores? You mentioned those sophomores, um, you know, Reed Fenton, Evan Taylor, Jake Betlow. You know, um, how important is it for those players to take that next step? We talk about that next step. You know, whether it be because you're you're in your sophomore year, you're still technically like an underclassman. You're you you you're trying to de- develop those leadership skills, um, but you're you still have players that are older than you too you know it's kind of that that sl- that slippery slope there you know how important is it for those guys to continue to to take those steps to to improve in those ways
2: no i think it's really critical and it will be really important for us this year if we have a sophomore class that's a little bit weak or or not ready to step into it that's going to create a little bit of a void i think there is an opportunity for those players who have gained that experience who now have a year of experience underneath their belt whether it's for them to take a a major step forward if they didn't play and now they can play more or they were part of our rotation. Now it's time to take on more and more responsibility as far as production on the floor. I could see that taking place. I could also see uh, the fact that, you know what, they now kind of know what's going on and they've got other people that they can lead above them in classes, juniors and seniors below them with freshmen who have fewer experiences um, that they're confident enough as well as being tied in with some pretty strong character that they're not not—they're not afraid to step into those moments. You know, I hope that Lehigh basketball has the type of culture and the type of opportunities that everybody knows what we're about. And the guys who um, maybe stray or step away from that, I don't care who you are. If everybody knows what page you're supposed to be on and somebody gets off that page, I don't care what class you are in this program. It's more about who we are and what we're about than your your longevity in our program or your senior seniority. It's about it's more about being right than being old.
0: Right, and Nick, for you, I mean the Patriot League has solid centers around the league, uh, great forwards, guys like Loyola's Santi Aldama, Bucknell's Paul Newman, and uh, Navy's Richard and Joku. You won't see Richard in the regular season this year with Navy not part of um, uh, Lehigh's uh, mini conference or um you know other other teams that they'll be playing but um but you'll see Paul four times this year uh with playing Bucknell um uh, both at home and on the road multiple times talk about the challenges these guys present um in the matchups uh that you'll that you'll face them um, in the upcoming season
1: sure yeah um Newman's a guy who since his freshman year he's put on a lot of weight and gotten a lot stronger um so that's you know he's now he's one of the stronger guys in the league um he's also a really good athlete and he's a lefty as well which you know switches things up from mm-hmm. pretty much everyone else in the league um obviously Aldama he's a lot more perimeter oriented and being 6'11 and lanky um that creates problems for I mean a lot of mismatches yeah um, being able to drag bigs out on the perimeter and then um kind of isolate himself and go to work um he can really shoot the ball he's a good finisher inside um and then Njoku as well he's one of the best rebounders in the league he's really active on the boards he he doesn't necessarily get a ton of touches in the post but um he's really active on the boards you know he gets four or six points a game just off of that he's a guy you always gotta you know put a body on um more so than even the uh newman and odama um so i mean they're all unique but and um Njoku's also a little bit undersized, um, yeah. but he makes up for it with his motor and his athleticism. Um, so, I mean, really kind of each one of those teams has a different makeup in terms of the bigs.
0: For sure. And, Nick, is there is there a matchup that you are personally looking forward to um, once we get into some uh, uh, league play?
1: I mean, pretty much everybody, honestly. I mean, not only have we not played since March, but, you know, it's conference play. It's the best time of the year. Um, this year it's going to be – hyper competitive because you know it's such a short season it's only 16 games and you're playing back to back um you know, so it's going to be going to be ultra focused um so I think just taking every game and being excited for every, getting for every game it's going to be huge
0: yeah talking about the schedule a little bit I mean it's it's crazy the way that it pl- um played out this for for this upcoming season it's unique not any other conference is doing what we're doing um you know Obviously, you play non-league games on a typical year to get prepared for those league games because you know how hard they're going to be. You know how difficult the opponents are and how how hard they're going to play you. You know what's that like for you as a player, knowing that you know you don't get that non-league uh, play. This is your preseason. Your guys are you know you're playing against your teammates, but you know how hard is it going to be to kind of flip that switch? Um, you know and and know that you're going to be playing meaningful games with only 16 games. You're going to be playing those meaningful games week, uh, you know, day one, you know, that wins are going to be important to, to make sure that you qualify for the, for the Patriot league tournament because only eight teams get in instead of 10 this year.
1: Right. Yeah. So I think it's kind of, uh, there's kind of some trade-offs to it. Obviously we have more practice time now or we practice later into the year. We started later too, but we practice later in the year, which, um, you know, gives us kind of more time to prepare as a team, but also we haven't matched up with with any other team, so we're you know we're going up against the same guys every day in practice. Um, that also puts a lot more of an emphasis on like our co- cohesiveness as a team. Everybody's got to be on the same page um, and all that comes with that. Um, so that's gonna be a lot bigger a lot bigger of a piece this year. Um, but then again, I mean, in terms of being ready to compete and ready to go, I don't think there's gonna be much of a problem. I mean. As everybody around the league, right? I mean, we haven't played since March, um, you know, and it's not only that, but it's also conference time. Every game counts, um, more so than past years. So, um, that's, that's that's
0: that. Absolutely. And, you know, what are some ways that you plan on resting your body, you know, healing up Mm -hmm. and preparing to play with that same intensity, you know, two days in a row, you're going to be it's not. It's not every day that you that you play two days in a row. Um, this is a unique time, but you got to make sure that you're on top of, you're on tip top of your game every yeah. single time you go out there.
1: Yeah. So for me, I've always kind of been kind of tried to be really diligent about taking care of my body, and you know, so far in my first two years, I've avoided any injuries or missing time because of injuries. Knock on wood. Um. <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> um but I think this year, with you know the short, compact schedule. Uh, I think it's going to start with a lot of our guys, you know, getting treatment pretty much every day um, before practice, after practice, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, if we're playing twice a week, we only have so many days in between as well. So it's not even just after games. It's those days in between, making sure everything's working right. Um, all your muscles are ready and all that. Um, and then I think mentally just off the court as well, um, just finding little hobbies or little things to do. I mean, for the first half of league play, we're still going to be on, winter break you know, yeah. when I don't have anything else to do um, no distractions right uh, yeah besides right coach besides <laughs> um you know playing basketball for two three hours a day um so i think that as well um the mental part is going to be just as big as the physical part
0: absolutely um, and Coach, to the same light, what are some challenges you and your coaching staff face regarding the schedule and how does this new format affect the way that you adjust your game plan for teams and, and scout them knowing that you're going to be playing them in back to back days?
2: You know, one of the Im- immediate challenges is figuring out, well, what is this going to look like? You can kind of fast forward in your mind, but until you experience certain things, you don't necessarily know. I've been trying to be thoughtful and even reach out to some people in the industry, college basketball industry. What does it look like to play on like back-to-back days or travel partner weekends and all that type of stuff? I can fortunately harken back to a few of my experiences while I was here in the Patriot League when we had travel partner weekends. And there might've been a day in between. You would play one team, you'd have a day to travel and be at the, you know, maybe a a walkthrough or light shoot around and then play the next day. So some of those experiences will help kind of flavor the way in which we go about this. The other thing is like, you know, in all those situations or even in a situation where uh, another league plays back-to-back days, Mm -hmm. they play two different opponents. We're going to be playing the same opponent on back-to-back days. So it almost becomes a little bit of maybe a chess match, maybe when they talk about the NBA and some of those series, and then you start finding key matchups and things like that you got to take advantage of. Maybe there'll be an element of that because not only is it the uniqueness that we would be going on back-to-back days against the same opponent, but in some cases we're going to be playing that opponent multiple times. So, like, Especially could, rivals like we, Lafayette and Bucknell. Yeah, yeah, you, you could conceivably be playing a team five times in a particular year. Like, yeah. By the time they get to them the second time, maybe the third time, it's like, yeah, we know them, they know us, right. and then it's a matter of executing in this particular case, like that's that's gonna be a, a unique and like kind of like a heightened way. So to your previous question, you know, the other thing that we got to do is not only figure out how to game plan, but then, you know, what are we gonna do with these guys to make sure that we maintain their health, keep them fresh, you know, because they're gonna be asked and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna lay it all out for like two days in a row. Yeah. That's gonna be taxing. So yep. then we've got to be able to build their strength, help them with their injury prevention, give them opportunities to work on their skills, make sure we build game plans. So it's going to be a lot to juggle, a lot of firsts, a lot of like thoughtfulness that goes into it. And then, you know, we're going to try to find what works and that idea of flexibility, stick to what does work. So that way, once we find a nice groove, we can hopefully capitalize upon it.
0: Yeah, and, and and coach guard play, you know, it, it's a significant factor in college basketball and in the Patriot League. Um, you know, what's what what is your confidence level in your guards? Jake Betlow, Reed Fenton, Marcus Wilson, and you know, freshman Jalen Sinclair, uh, who we didn't really haven't really been able to talk to about so far on this podcast.
2: Well, you know, the big guys are valuable. Like Nick, you need to know that we love you, big guys. We want you to rebound. We want you to play your defense. Get our interior scoring. But you gotta have good guard play. I mean, Lehigh's been very fortunate to have some excellent guards over the years. And, uh, you know, I think you win a lot with guards. I'm really comfortable playing with guards. This year, at Guard Corps, you know, we've kind of made some decisions. Um, and it's been a little bit of a trajectory to try to get some bigger guards, more powerful guards. When you start looking at even some of the names that you have mentioned, Marcus Wilson, he's a strong, built, strong guard. Mm. Reed Fenton, we've already talked about his leg. length. You could include even Evan Taylor kind of into that as, a, as one of those guard roles. And then you got, you know, when we started talking about guys who have taken a step, I really am greatly appreciative of what Jake Batlow has done from last year to this year. You know, he was getting his feet wet last year. Then our rotation tightened towards the end of the year, kept a great attitude, kept working in practice, actually in some scout situations did really, really well busted his tail in the off season, whatever he was doing, maybe he found a neighbor's driveway too. I don't know, but whatever he was doing has been working out pretty well. And, you know, maybe we don't need him to create the same way that some other people have created in the past that have worn a Lehigh Jersey, but, you know, he's going to knock down some open shots. He's making really good decisions in our, our pick and roll action. And when he penetrates uh, Jalen Sinclair, somebody that I think is really good. He's been, Hampered a little bit by injury, and you know it's, we've been bringing them along a little bit more slowly. But now you're starting to put together, you know, options that give us opportunities out on the floor, and whether it's growth in individual players or fresh face or somebody who's sliding and moving around position, I think uh, pretty confident that we'll be able to get the guard play that we need for this year. And you know, even if it looks a little bit different than where we've been in some past years across the board, because we played with three guards sometimes you know yeah. times four guards that have been a little bit smaller but definitely three guards we might just be a little bit longer and maybe a little bit better defensively to kind of offshoot some of the dynamic play that we've seen from some of those guards in past years
0: definitely and nick for you like what's it like to be able to have those um, those guards to back you up obviously you to have to You're you know you're going to be primarily down low but you know you're going to be able to kick that kick that ball out uh, up top Um, to to some of these guards. What's it like to have guys um, that are solid to to really back you up?
1: I mean, it's huge, right? Like, it takes um, some of the pressure off of me down low, Um, you know, if I'm getting doubled. If I'm getting doubled and we have guys like Reed, Marcus, and Jake, they can shoot the ball as well as they can. Um, You know, that makes the doubling down low um, more costly, you know, if I can get the ball to them effectively. Um, You know, we're always – since i've been here we've shot the three very well um so not only that but also having guards that are able to get me the ball <laughs> you know that's just yeah. as important as guys who um can hit shots on the outside um they've been able to do that um they were able to do that well towards the end of last year um and they've been doing that well so far this year in practice and stuff so um it's huge
0: love to see it love to see it um Coach, you know, free throw shooting, so important, especially in close games, especially in the Patriot League. Um, you know, if, if you don't hit your free throws, um, you know, that that's, doesn't usually bode well for teams. Um, and But it's something that you guys did really well at last season. You shot 73% from the line. You know, with an abundance of solid wings and forwards, do you envision players attacking the rim more to get to the line?
2: You know, it's interesting that every team gets its own little identity and personality, and we're still early on, but we've probably got to forge that a little bit more. Because we've got bigger bodies, because we've got a little bit more size and physicality, I could see that taking place. It could take place from us getting the ball inside to post players with traditional back to the basket moves. I could see it with hard drives because now we've got kind of the bodies and the length that can draw contact and still finish. Um, so I I could see that working out for us. Interestingly enough, we've got a lot of guys on our team that can actually post up and do so pretty effectively Mm. and score within eight feet, and that puts a lot of pressure on the defense that we face because those are the type of plays that generally gain a little bit more attention by the officials, get people in foul trouble a little bit more, or even what Nick mentioned before, going to the offense at glass and putting the pressure on the defense that way, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities that we can get to the line and hopefully we can convert from the line. I've already seen growth Mm -hmm. in some of the shooting percentages of some of our returning players, Nick included. I think he's got a good uh, kind of game plan and mindset going to the line where he can be a very successful there. And hopefully everybody else follows suit so we can continue to shoot a very high percentage. That'll help us throughout the game. And it'll also certainly help us at, in end-of-game situations where making that free throw and taking care of the ball are the two primary things that you're trying to accomplish on the offensive end of the floor.
0: Nick, um, you know, what What are some goals that you and your teammates have for this season, and, you know, how competitive will you guys be in this, in this challenging year ahead?
1: Yeah, kind of like I talked about earlier, I think every team in this league is going to be kind of hyper-competitive just because we're starting in league play, and, you know, it's going to be – pretty cutthroat right away. But um, obviously, we want to be a lot better than what we showed last year. We showed flashes at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had some fairly strong momentum. So there's some confidence there. But I mean, the goal is the same as every other year, obviously, to win a championship, um, you know, and kind of prepare ourselves the best we can until January 2nd, Um, You know, and control our preparation, you know, going into that game, we can't necessarily control if You know, we we get to play every game. or games get switched. um, or opponents get switched week by week, whatever it may be. But um, definitely coming in with intensity right away is another goal. um, Due to the lack of non-conference games, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, and is
0: it kind of like kind of like feel makes you feel a little bit more comfortable and in in a way that that you know every you mentioned it before that every other team in the Patriot League is kind of going through the same things that you are like. They're, everyone's starting from ground zero pretty much, um, you know, heading into this season um, from day one, so staying on the same level, which in other leagues and other sports, you know, you see like any team really has a chance to win a championship at the end. Um, it, does that kind of motivation um, kind of, you know, drive you guys to, to know that, you you guys have just as much of a shot to win this this uh, this whole thing that, than anybody else, um, just based off of where you guys are starting from.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I think it's kind of the same theme of, you know, this whole off season and summer is like you know no pretty much nobody had access to gyms or nobody was on campus for the summer throughout the entire country. Yeah. Um. So I think that's. I mean, we've already had some training in that mindset. I would say. Um, So that's huge as well. Um, But yeah, definitely. I mean, it definitely helps, um, you know, that some teams aren't 10 games in, you know, um, and, you know, we're zero. But um, I mean, regardless of that, I know we're all going to be ready to go. So there's confidence coming from that as well.
0: Awesome. Um, and coach, finally, um, you know, what what would you say is the biggest key for your team this season to be um, successful and be competitive? And, you know, there's, there's always the rebounding and taking care of the ball and execution, but for you guys, um, what is some, something particular that you guys, um, you know, look at kind of pinpoint to show that this is the key for your success this season?
2: Well, I, I, Man, that's a a good question because all the facets of the game are really, really important. But I do think there's an element of like you can't make plays that beat yourself. You know, if you turn the ball over, you're losing shot opportunities. If you take bad shots, you're not going to shoot as good of a percentage. If you're not in the right spot, fulfilling your role and responsibility, whether it's our offensive execution or or defensively trying to get stops, we're going to be in trouble. And, you know, when you're dealing with Uh, a year that's probably about as wacky as this one is with fewer opportunities to really kind of like ramp up and work through a ton of mistakes and then refine it, sharpen it. And uh, you got to be on, you got to be zero to 60 right at the start. Like Mm -hmm. you have no warm up time. You have no time to gain speed. I think it's probably just trying to limit those plays where you beat yourself. And, you know, I'm not asking our kids to be perfect. I, I think, Sometimes you can strive to make sure you don't make mistakes and then you lose aggressiveness, you lose confidence. But we've got to actually have some level of stability that comes in place. And I think if our kids believe in what we're trying to do, they're smart enough to understand how to piece the – you know, connect the dots and put it all together, then it makes it a lot easier for all of us because that's going to lead to greater levels of execution and fewer mistakes. And, um, you know, if we can get – I I can never overlook this again now that I've had this experience, but if you can get guys who who play a pretty smart brand of basketball are willing to play hard and you're healthy enough to keep the primary guys out there on the floor, you know, that's a, a big part of a formula for success.
0: And I didn't even mention this before, but, um, but no fans this year at Stabler Arena um, because of the pandemic. Obviously, it's pretty much the same around the country. Um, some some schools do have fans, but um, very limited amounts. And, you know, what's that going to be like? Obviously, uh, different not having your friends and family in attendance and, um, you know, fake crowd noise, I guess, is a thing this year, uh, which will be interesting. It'll be kind of interesting to see, uh, to, to hear – you know, an arena full of, of, uh, people that aren't there. Um, you know, what, what's that kind of, um, new, new chapter, new thing that you guys are going to have to, to work with, um, heading into next season?
2: Well, I, I think, you know, first of all, you're going to have to figure out how to get my wife out of the building. Cause she's like, well, can I be a, can I wipe the floor? Can I bring <laughs> over the balls? Can I do anything? Yeah. Um, you know, there's some diehard Lehigh people that really, uh, you know, take great pride in watching a team develop and love guys like Nick and everything that they stand for and that want to be there. We'll feel their presence, even if it's going to be a little bit more through virtual video or piped in noises. But, you know, it, it's all that stuff is a bit of a distraction. I never hear any of it anyway when I'm coaching. Right. And it just stops the guys from being here and me. So they might like the piped in crowd noise. So that way they don't have to listen to coach fussing <laughs> at it. uh But when it's all said and done, you know, it's, it's just a matter of playing and, and, and kind of like getting after it. What do you, what do you think, Nick? Because, I mean, you're the athlete out there. And obviously we've had some scrimmages in the past. And our bench has brought the energy and the noise. And, now you still become more and more reliant on like the guys who were in the locker room with you. What are your thoughts on all that? Cause you're the one who's going to play in it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be weird for lack of a better word. Like today, I mean, I'm not used to the virtual crowd noise yet. Um, yeah. You know, that only happens after, you know, some. obviously it doesn't have to happen after every play, but I think it puts more of an emphasis on, you know, the bench. And that's something we've done well is bring bench energy since I've yeah. been here, um, that's going to be even more important this year. Um, I mean, that's really all there is.
0: Yeah. And um, you know, January 2nd is the, uh, is the, is the first game and uh, a, against Lafayette, a Lafayette rivalry weekend for Lehigh men's basketball should be fun. Uh, unprecedented um, guys. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you guys play in a, in a couple weeks.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for giving us a chance to talk hoops. You know, for a while we weren't 100% sure that we'd be able to do that. and Now it's looking more and more promising. Our guys are working really hard. So for, on behalf of all of us at Lehigh Basketball, Josh, and for the listening audience, thanks for, thanks for your support of our guys. Thank you for support and the belief in the university. And let's have a chance to some degree to celebrate that kids can do what they love to do, do so safely, and represent this great university
1: you've been listening
2: to mountain hawk talk presented by lehigh valley health network and coordinated health the mountain hawk talk podcast is a production of lehigh sports communications Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on the platform of your choice. If you have show comments, questions, or suggestions for future guests, email us at sports at lehigh.edu. You can also follow the show on Twitter at lehighmhtalk.